Hello, everyone. I'm here today with Jen Reynolds, and I'm so excited to let you in on this conversation. Jen happens to be someone that I really admire and look up to, and I can't wait for you to hear more about her story. Jen Reynolds is the founder of Pink Warrior Advocates, a breast cancer nonprofit that gives back to our local community of warriors. After having been diagnosed with breast cancer, Jen felt it was important to ensure no one ever battled their diagnosis alone. She believes in living a beautiful life despite her stage four diagnosis. Jen loves to travel, loves adventure, loves meeting new people, but most importantly, she loves to live with purpose. PWA is her purpose, and she hopes to encourage and inspire others to share their struggles, to live as if tomorrow doesn't exist, and to find hope and joy in every single day. For those of you who aren't seeing us visually, um, we are both wearing pink today, and hopefully you will understand why as you learn more about Jen's story and where she's come from and where she is now. So welcome, Jen. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Okay, so, you know, I kind of let up a little bit that you were going to tell us a little bit about your story. So I just would love for you to, yeah, who, who are you? Where are you from? What has brought you to this point? Tell us a little bit of background about yourself. Do we want to start from like the day I was born? I mean, if that, <laughs> if you want to give us the play-by-play -play in the day of the life of Jen or like every day in the life of Jen, we're here for it. <laughs> no, so I was, uh, I'm from Ohio originally. Um, I do live in New Braunfels, Texas now. Uh, but I, uh, my story with, you know, kind of where I'm at in life now and what led me to be where I am today, uh, I was diagnosed with breast cancer at a pretty young age at age of 33. So me and my husband were going through infertility treatments and kind of found out through that, that, um, I had breast cancer, I had bloody nipple discharge, and then, uh, we found a small lump and I did have a doctor tell me that I was too young to have breast cancer. So, uh, for those of you that are listening, you are not too young to have breast cancer. There are women in our group that were diagnosed at the age of 20. So it's not um, an old woman's disease like it has been known to be in the past. Um, but I was diagnosed, went through chemotherapy, went through a double mastectomy, started writing a blog, uh, started realizing a lot of women were reaching out to me through my blog because I was pretty raw. I was really honest about it. I wasn't like, oh, you know, it's a boob job and it's pink and it's pretty and it's all these things and it's breast cancer and it's the easy cancer like you know sometimes people say and mm -hmm. uh so I, I started writing that blog and a lot of women started reaching out to me and were thanking me for being so honest about it and giving them tips and tricks of how to get through chemotherapy and how to get through their mastectomy and then that slowly turned into me and my mom sewing these mastectomy pillows and giving those to local hospitals for women who were gonna be undergoing a mastectomy and then decided one day, let's start a nonprofit, cause why not? <laughs> and um, it just ended up turning into something that I really wasn't anticipating and um, which is amazing. Uh, I started Pink Warrior Advocates back in 2015 and it started off as an emotional support group because there was nothing like it in the local area. Uh, we were, um, <clears throat> I was really just trying to find somewhere that I could connect with other women who had breast cancer, not necessarily young women, but just women who I could relate to uh, that had gone through chemo and I had showed up at a support group meeting and nobody was there. And it was pretty defeating because it took everything in me to even get to that meeting and to drive there because it was 45 minutes away. It was three days after my chemotherapy and it was just like terrible. So it was like a movie driving home. I was just like bawling the whole way home because, you know, it, it had taken so much mental, it was a mental challenge for me to get there and, and be willing to share my story with other women who I didn't know, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, it just confirmed that this needed to happen. So started Pink Warrior Advocates as, a, as an emotional support group and quickly realized how much there was a need for this in the local community. And it just blew up way faster than I anticipated, which was such a good thing because there are so many women that we were able to help. And, uh, you know, we started doing mastectomy kits, chemo care kits, and then we had, uh, we started doing fundraisers 
And then we were able to start giving back to women financially to help them with their medical bills, with uh, living expenses, groceries, all that stuff. So when we got to that, we kind of built it up over several you know, months and then over a couple of years and got up to an amount where we were giving back $10,000 a month in financial assistance. So it was a big amount to be doing and being such a small organization. Um, but the most important part of what we were doing was the emotional support. And these women making sure that they knew that they weren't going through this breast cancer journey alone. And so in 2018, jumping forward, uh, I started having a back pain and I just chalked it up to me taking the cycling classes that I absolutely loved and going super hard, being super passionate about that. And then um, it got to a point where I really couldn't walk. And I finally went to my oncologist and uh, between the time that I got my scan or that, that I called and I actually got my scans, I went from walking to a wheelchair to completely paralyzed in the right hand side of my body. And we did find out that the cancer had metastasized to my lower L4, causing my L4 to collapse into my L5. Mm -hmm. And then we found it in my liver. So I was diagnosed with stage four metastatic breast cancer, which is incurable. Um, but at that time, I didn't expect that my organization that I had started to give back to other women was going to actually serve me in the capacity that it did and that these women were going to come back and and support me in that way. So uh, we really do. We really, you know, did create this sisterhood of women to support one another and to carry one another through what is something that no one anticipates financially, emotionally, it tears your life apart and then you have to rebuild yourself. And that's kind of what we do as a sisterhood. We, we help rebuild each other. So really proud of it. I love it. I love doing it. It is my purpose. It gives definition for, you know, why I am dealing with this cancer diagnosis. And it's what, honestly, it's what gets me up every day. So um, to be able to give back in this capacity and to support these women and to have them support me and to be surrounded by so much positivity and inspiration, it really is just like, it really does bring smiles to my heart and to my mind and all of that. So that's what I do. Yeah. I mean, thank you. You, you've just said so many things that I want people to go back and just replay everything you just said to really capture everything, you know, first of all, making sure that people understand that this isn't, this isn't something that's dependent on age. You know, like you said, you want everybody to know that this is something that can happen. It's not just what we were previously thought of that it happened in, you know, to older, older women or to just women, even, you know, right. and when you talk about the ways that finding that support and finding that sisterhood and feeling alone in that, and then knowing that then this is a space that you needed to open up to create for others. And that's such a universal feeling of, you know, when we're going through hardship or stress is like, there are parts of us who really, we feel like there's nobody else who could understand, or maybe you try to reach out and people don't understand, or they don't provide the support that really resonates with you, or they try to be helpful and it doesn't work. And so for you to really be not only feeling that, but then to take that feeling and to want to help other people. So they weren't having that, like, I'm just tearing up just even thinking about it because I know what what went into that from your heart space, but then also the hard work, you know, it's not just enough to be like, I want to do this because it's going to be like something happy for people or helping people like the amount of work and energy and time that you have put in to build this now to be, you know, Pink Warrior Advocates where it's not only the emotional support, which is the major depth of the organization, but it's also that you are then able to help women you know, feel some relief from these real everyday pressures that they're already dealing with on top of this major life change of cancer diagnosis. So, you know, what you've done is just so beautiful. And the thing that strikes me and why I'm always in so in awe of you is 
along with creating this organization and this community you have, you've created a sisterhood that is just magical to me because it is a true place of empowerment and support. And I really do, you know, as you and I have talked, I think that that a lot of time is hard for women. You know, we talk a lot about sisterhood and support, but like, then there's also, you know, other jealousy or scarcity model stuff that comes in. And so for you to really have created this from the depths of your heart so that everybody can hopefully find common threads of that emotional support. It's really so wonderful. And it's done wonderful things, not only for the women who you've helped, but for their families and then for the community members who've been able to give back and get involved. So, I mean, obviously I'm a huge fan of yours and I'm so excited for the work that you've done, but obviously you also did that work because you were in this situation, you know? So um, can you, you know, in do you know in going through your diagnosis and then going through all the treatments that you've had you know how how did you remain hopeful and hang on to this positivity that you wanted to help other people when clearly you had all of these experiences that could have led you down such a different um, trajectory or path even your mindset I mean it almost did you know I I can tell you that there were times where I was sitting on the floor and in my bathroom and and I was looking around and I thought, what can I do right now to just like make this stop? Like, I just wanted to die. You know, I didn't want to be alive anymore. I didn't want to deal with um, the depression that I was dealing with because it was a new feeling for me. I didn't know what depression was. I knew what feeling sad was like. I knew what, you know, feeling anxious about something was like, but I didn't know what feeling depressed all day long what feeling anxiety all day long. I didn't know what that was. Um, I just knew that I felt broken. I felt hopeless. I felt like I didn't have, um, I just didn't know how to get out of bed, you know? And so when I was diagnosed with depression, PTSD and anxiety, I, and I was able to learn how to come out of that that truly is what started making me feel hopeful and being able to feel that hope and being able to share that hope and what I learned to get out of it, I think is what I'm able to like give to other people so that, you know, they don't feel like they're so broken that their world is over, you know, like I actually talked to a girl today and she was crying and she's like, I just, I don't know how to tell my son. And I I feel this way and that way, whatever. And I was like, I just kind of like, I I just have this positivity about me now. And I think it's so important to stay positive, but I think it's so easy to go down that road of being negative and thinking all these terrible things. And so I told her, I was like, you're saying all these things like I can't, or I didn't do this, or I didn't do that. And what I'm going to look back at these last two years and, and just wonder what the heck I did. I go, okay, yes, but what did you do? You know, like you, you can say you didn't do all these things, but what did you do? I know you spent time with your son. I know that you've done other things because I've seen you do them in pictures. So it's important. One of the things that I say, and what I think is so important in this journey is to allow yourself that space to go down that dark hole and to feel anxious and to feel depressed and to feel sadness. Like, that is a real emotion and it's important to feel that as you're going through this, but it's also important if that if you're going to go down that road to give yourself the privilege of going to a positive side of that also and thinking, mm-hmm. look at all these people I've met, look at all this, all like the way my life has changed since I've been diagnosed and the women who have come into my life and the things I've been able to witness and how I've changed my perspective on just daily things that I do, walking outside and feeling the wind and hearing the birds and the the sand beneath my toes. Like it's all so cliche, but it's also true, you know? And, And there's just this new appreciation for life in general that I feel so thankful for. And being able to share that with other people I think is so important Um, and giving them that hope that this doesn't have to be a scary, dark hole all the time. And there is a way out. I know because I've been there and I know because I've done it. And it doesn't mean that my way is going to work for you. You know, it, it just means you have to figure out what new joys, what brings you happiness, 
if you need to find new joy, what does that mean? You know, it may not be the same thing that it was before and that's okay. And you don't need to be beat yourself up about it. So um, again, like, it's just really important to um, find that positivity and, and try to stay hopeful as hard as it may be. Uh, and connecting with other women who know and share your story or parts of it so that you don't feel alone. Yeah. I mean, that's such valuable advice too is, you know, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge advocate. We have to feel all of our feelings. You know, we can't push them aside because they're going to come up in some way. Right. And then if they come up later, oftentimes we don't know why they're there or where they came from. So we misattribute them. Right. So feel them when you got to feel them. But then it's what you said. It's like moving through that and coming out of it and recognizing, even as you said too, all of the journeys that you've already gone through and all of the strength that that took and all of then the people that you met along the way that brought you to this point, instead of getting like dropped down so much into the darkness that you can't also see that there are other sides to the coin too. And that's so, it's so easy for people to say that like, oh, there's positive or what have you. So I think that that's why it's so powerful for you to speak on that because you are actually willing to talk about the depression. You're actually willing to talk about the anxiety and you're not just putting that kind of toxic positivity spin on it where it's like, no, it's going to be fine or it's great or it's all happy. You're willing to recognize those complexities of like, no, you got to feel it all. But then also if you sit with that, that's where you're going to stay. So how do you capture that, you know, zest for life still and go forward? And I really, you know, social media is such a strange place. A lot of times we look at social media and we see other people living their best life, which may or not be true. But what I love so much about following you on Instagram is that this is you, you have taken that passion and that zest for life. And you have been given this opportunity to live your life. And you do, you go on adventures and you have fun with your friends and you make your life magical. And I know I've said the word magical like three times already in this podcast, but it's because when I, when I feel your spirit, that's really what it is to me, because I can feel that that's exactly not only what you're trying to do for yourself in your life, but that's the joy that you bring to other people. That's why people love you so much and love your organization because you help them feel that for themselves too. You help them feel that, that, Oh, Jen's doing that. And it's not like a, Oh, a jealousy, like Jen did that. I can't, it's more of like, Jen's doing that. I could probably do that too. That's awesome. And that everybody knows that you would not only support them in that, that you would be right there with them doing it too. You know? 100%. <laughs> Jumping out of a dang plane for the second time, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, people sometimes talking about that jealousy thing, sometimes people will look at my, my Instagram and be like, she's got stage four cancer. Like she's not honest about her diagnosis. And, you know, she's posting all these happy things that she does. And, and, you know, how can she be happy all the time? Well, the reality is I'm not happy all the time, you know, but I, I don't want to be negative and it has nothing to do with me being fake. I don't want to be negative. You know, I want people to see that even though you're going through such a hard time in life, like even despite a stage four terminal incurable breast cancer diagnosis, you can still live your life. You can still go do all these things. You can still jump out of planes. You can still go on hikes. You can still travel, you know? And, and I think that it's important for women to look at that and say, you know, despite what your doctor might say about traveling and doing all these things, I'm like, you know what? This is my life and I don't know how much time I have left. So I want to make the best of this time that I have. If it's one day or if it's 10 years or it's 50 years, I want to make the most memories with my family and my friends and for myself. And I want them to be look back at these pictures and I want them to see the happiness and the good stuff of me. I don't want them to remember a Jen who had cancer. I want them to remember a Jen who was happy and loved life and, and traveled and jumped out of planes and went and climbed up mountains in Switzerland and you know, just did all this random crap because that's who I am. You know, that, that is who I am. That is who you are. Cancer happened to you. Cancer is right. not who you are, right? right? You are who you are. And cancer is a thing that happened to you. And so for also being able to separate, you know, that out and have people be able to see you as you for Jen and have you in that space, instead of just seeing you as somebody who has cancer or a cancer survivor, somebody who's going through treatment or all of those things. So do you feel like it is, 
you know, is it hard for you to explain it to people? You know, you do have such a wonderful support system of people who get it. So is it difficult for them to, you know, to sometimes relate to other people or to have them understand what you are experiencing? You know, I, it's funny that you asked that because I actually was thinking the other day, you know, I feel, um, you know, when I'm out and I'm talking to people and I'm especially about Pink Warrior Advocates or I'm at events and all these things that, and I might be having a bad day, I don't want people to see that I'm having a bad day at something like that because I, I want to maintain positivity and I want to, um, I want other women who are going through things to like take that with them and be like, oh my God, like I can, I can be happy, you know, I can be happy on days. And then it's, it, it can get, it gets exhausting sometimes, you know, where I'm like, I feel like, oh my God, like I just spent 24 hours of being so like, you know, giving all that energy into being positive that like, I need to fill my cup of being sad almost like, a, yeah. or of, of like being in my feels and coming back to reality and like acknowledging that I'm not feeling good and, and, you know, whatever. And, and in terms of talking to other people about it, I'm an empath. Um, I, I take on other people's feelings. Mm -hmm. And so I really have to put a cap on how many women I talk to because I do absorb that. And I don't want to take that with me and, and apply that to my life or apply that to my story. I have to be able to let it go. And it took me a really long time to um, make sure that I was letting it go. But it's just now I know that my ability to take it and let it go means that I can only talk to so many people about my journey and yeah. about their journey and carry that with me so that I have enough in me to let it go and not, not like absorb it so much that it's bringing me to a place of negativity, you know? Yeah. So I love sharing my story. I love um, the, for the part of it that it, that it does encourage other women, that part of it I love doing because there is this transition of when I pick up the phone and I talk to them where they're down and sad and, and feeling hopeless and feeling like, oh my God, my world is ending to when they hang up the phone. And I'm like, listen, I've been doing this for eight years now. You know, like just because you've been diagnosed with breast cancer doesn't mean you're going to die tomorrow. I'm still here, you know, and that alone gives them hope. And them hearing that I'm traveling and doing these other things, it gives them hope. So to hear that transition from the beginning of the call to the end of the call is so worth it. So worth every amount of, <clears throat> you know, empathetic feeling that I take on or whatever, it makes it worth it knowing that they walk away from that phone call or that conversation feeling a little bit better. Well, and you've, you know, it sounds like you've just really learned how to set your own energetic boundaries then on that, because you do know, you know, that that's a, such an awareness that we all can learn from, right? Is really, truly recognizing where your energy is going and what are the places that give back to you and that you feel fueled by. But then even if you're fueled by something, you know, putting a cap on it so that then when you go home to decompress or to kind of let some stuff go, but you still have even the energy to do that. So I think it's really wonderful that you're, you know, you recognize that, yes, you want to help people and you can hear their stories and share your stories, but you also, you have to put a limit on it for yourself so that then you can go home and recognize again, what is yours to keep for you, for your own feelings versus what are the other things that other people had going on. And that's such a valuable lesson for anyone to learn. I think so many of us, we take on the emotions, even people who aren't empaths, you know, you take on the emotions of other people or think about how often we let one interaction with somebody, you know, their energy or their mood rub off on us and affect us the whole day. So really like you're taking ownership of that and you're saying, okay, here's what I have to give. And this is the cap on it because otherwise it impacts your life personally and then your relationships and things. So there's such a strength and power in you coming to that place, I think, for yourself too, that is really admirable. And I think a lot of it is being self-aware, you know, like it is so hard to be self-aware, so hard. And, and it's taken a lot of work to get to that point. And I, and I don't say this for me, I say it for everybody. Like, mm -hmm. It is so hard to be self-aware of saying, oh, that person just pissed me off and now my day's ruined, you know, and to say, oh, that person just pissed me off. Why am I going to let that person dictate the way I am for the rest of the day? You know, that, that 
little sliver in itself is so hard to get past. And that's one little thing. And so, but I think it's important to, you know, truly be in the moment and be like, okay, that person pissed me off. Like, whatever, going to push that aside now. And I'm going to move on to the next moment in my life and, yeah. and just be however I can be. Like, if there's nothing you can do about it, then why, why give your energy to it? You know, but that mm-hmm. being self-aware like that is so, so hard. It's such a hard challenge. And that goes for when you're feeling depressed or when you're feeling anxious and being aware that that's what's going on and how can you pull yourself out of it? Yeah. And then, and that's so hard too, as you're saying, because it's the self-awareness when you're feeling good is hard, but then let alone, if you're having, you know, if you're already in your own feelings about stuff or you're already having your own space or you didn't sleep well, then it's like, we do, we have a tendency to like personalize things even more or let them impact us. And, and again, I think that that is such a powerful message that we all need to keep coming back to because it it takes practice. It is work. You know, that's what we always say. You got to do the work. You got to do the work. But it is work. It is work to every day show up for yourself. And that means being self-aware. And that means like taking ownership of the fact that, okay, yeah, I went a little sideways on that because I allowed, I allowed somebody else's energy to impact me throughout the rest of the day, instead of also just blaming the other person, like, oh, that person made me mad. And that's why I'm having a bad day. It's like, well, they made me mad in that moment, but now I'm choosing to let that moment impact the rest of my day. Yeah. Why do I want to give somebody that power? When I get treatment, you know, like it's so easy for me to go in a hole and be you know, sick and depressed and sad and, and, you know, whatever, but what is, how is that serving me? It's not serving me in a positive way. And I don't, I don't want to stay there. You know, I make the choice to say, I don't want to stay there. I don't want to stay in that negative space. I want to be positive and I want to, I want to feel happiness because it feels better, you know, and that's all I have to say to myself is happiness feels better than sadness. And so I want to be happy. So I'm going to choose to be happy. You know, it's, it's almost that simple but it's also very challenging. I know, I know it really is. So I know one of the things about you that you do to kind of help bring you back to that is you really love music. And so you are able to find uh, music that helps lift lift your spirits. What are some other things that you would say, you know, do you have any go-tos for when you really are just in a difficult space that help you? Songs or like or anything. Yeah, like, if you have songs or just any things. Well, like- I love EDM. It makes me happy. So techno music is like my go-to and I will dance anytime to that. So I love 90s hip hop also. So put me in those realms and I'm good. Um, I love to get out on the water, uh, you know, wake surfing. That is a definitely a happy place for me. And um, sometimes I just love cuddling with my dogs. Um, I love that my husband knows when I'm having a bad day and he'll come in and do the dumbest thing ever until I smile. Like he'll literally stand there and do it repetitively until I smile. And I'm just like, (laughs) I don't want to smile. And then I, and then I smile and then I'm like, okay, you know, so I think just, and surrounding myself with good people, good people who I can talk to, who I can vent to, who are willing to listen to me and just be a part of that, that space that I need to do. You know, it's just, Um, it's so important for me to do those things. And when I have none of those, if I can't do any of those, then it is simply just talking to myself and telling myself, like going through that, that conversation in my head, you know, cause sometimes I am alone, you know, and, and I can't do those things. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just talking to myself and saying, you know what, Jen, like as, as morbid as this sounds, it's really just saying, Jen, you're not going to die today. You already know you have breast cancer. Like you're not going to find out you're dying today. So let's just make the best of today. You know, it it could be so much worse. I could be paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed anymore. You know, I could be back in that space and at any point. And so why am I going to waste today feeling so terrible and so depressed and so sad um, when I know it could be worse, you know? Hey, if you're loving these conversations, can you take a moment and rate this podcast? You can scroll below this episode and click how many stars you'd rate it. And I'd be blown away if you could also write a review of what you're loving about these conversations so far. Doing this helps me reach more humans that are on the journey of being whole as well. Thank you so much for clicking play today. Let's finish up this incredible episode with Jen Reynolds. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and I think that you have, you know, you're so good about recognizing the ways, not only of where you've been, but also really looking at every moment. Like you said, you, you're so good about, yes, you think about the future. Yes. You think about, you know, the what ifs and what's out there for you, but you are a person who I think your mindfulness and the meditation work that you've done, you're really able to just then always come back to the moment. And I think that that is something that we can all again, aspire to and continue to work on whatever our life situations bring us is like, you know, that's what I tell my students as we start every class. So like, okay, arrive where you are, where are you right now? It's like, be here right now. And that is such a practice. I have to do that to myself throughout the day, even, okay, where am I right now? Bring it back, bring it back. And so I think just even again, that goes back to that self-awareness piece, right? To you're so aware and in touch with your emotions that you recognize when you maybe need to like, okay, I was over here a little bit too far. Now I'm going to bring it back into this other realm. And so when you're doing all that, you know, have you, you know, you're obviously your relationships with your family and your friends have shifted and changed and things. Do you think that they've noticed this shift in your personality? Or do you think that this is kind of how you've always been? Um, I'm definitely more laid back. Mm -hmm. I definitely have way more patience now. And I think that they definitely recognize that. Uh, I, I have changed a lot in the last three years, um, where I would once be somebody who was reactive to certain situations. Now I just kind of pull it back and I'm just like, "Mm, like, you know, is it worth fighting about? Um, it's easier to apologize now. Uh, forgiveness is easier for me because I don't want to, I don't want to leave things off like that, you know, but what I wish everybody could understand is that we're all terminal, you know, nobody's getting out of this world alive. And so I just happen to have this diagnosis that says, you know, this, that, and the other, but it doesn't mean that somebody who's listening to this is going to is not going to walk out of their house and get, I hope they don't, but, you know, get in their car and get hit by a semi and their life is over and they've left all these things unsaid, undone and, you know, whatever. And that's kind of how I live every single day. And so I think that part of me, because I'm, I used to be a very stubborn person. Like, I mean, I will fight to the death until I prove to you that I am right. You know, I mean, I used to be that way and I'm just not really that way anymore. Unless of course, I really 100% know that I'm right. And like, <laughs> there are those moments. So, I mean, there's still, there's still things about me that are still Jen. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not, I'm not perfect and I'm not, um, I'm not completely healed and fixed and all these things. I have my bad days and I have my bad weeks and I don't forgive right away. And I don't say I'm sorry right away, but those things are definitely things that come much quicker um, because of where I'm at in my life and it's just not worth it to me. You know, I cherish my friendships and I cherish my relationships and God forbid, if something happens to me, I want everybody to know and remember how much I love them and how important they are to me. And, and if I leave it off a certain way, they won't know that, you know? So yes, for sure. People definitely see a different gen over the last several years, 100%. Yeah. I I just, again, your processing of everything that you've gone through, I think that that's why it's so wonderful that you do have this organization because you're not, you know, you're not just saying these things like, oh, everybody should be happy. Everybody should be supportive. You're really very authentic and open about what the journey has looked like for you and the ups and downs of it. And they're very real, um, the real aspects of your treatment too. And then also the ways that you move through it. So, you know, when you think about something like, obviously we're promoting, um, October is coming up. So there's breast cancer awareness, you know, when you see all of that and you see everybody wearing pink and you see everybody like wanting to support this cause, how can people really think about this? Not just in October, because breast cancer is not just about being wearing pink or having things happen in October, but what would you say? Like, what are some ways that people can really, um, become more active and involved beyond just wearing pink and being, you know, saying things about breast cancer in October? I mean, there's a lot of stigma around uh, 
pink and think before you pink and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just if you're, and this is just kind of like a little sidetrack. If, if you're out there and you're buying things to promote and to support breast cancer, just make sure that it's supporting a, a, an organization that you support if you're buying it for that purpose. Now, if you're buying it because you think it's cute and you want to wear it, by all means, go for it. But if you're buying it because you want it to support something, then make sure it's supporting something that you believe in and that you know of. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Pink Warrior Advocates, we have things for sale if anybody wants, I'm just saying. Um, we have hats, we have shirts, we have all the good stuff, but um, breast cancer is not just in October. It's a year long thing. It's a lifelong challenge that these women go through when they get diagnosed with breast cancer. It's not just, oh, treatment happened, a double mastectomy happened and life's back to normal. Like it's, it's trauma, you know, it's something that we have to deal with for the rest of our lives. And it's important for people to know that, um, you know, again, you can never be too young going through chemotherapy and losing your hair and losing your eyebrows and losing your eyelashes and all that. And looking at the mirror in yourself with scars on your breasts and not having that, um, having your breasts essentially amputated, like that's something that we have to deal with for the rest of our lives and to look in the mirror and just be completely stripped of our womanhood. You know, that is not just October. That is all year long. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's important that we, yes, it's great that October is there and it brings awareness and that women are feeling their breasts and that it, it teaches them to do their monthly exams. Like that part of it, I love. I love that you can see the color pink and you think about breast cancer because maybe it makes you think of, oh, I need to get a mammogram or you know, I need to get that blood test done or whatever. Like it makes you think about it and that part of it I like. But I don't, I don't particularly like the fact that, you know, there's people who exploit it to make money because it's pink, you know? Right. Or that or people think that if it's pink, then they've helped as opposed to recognizing, like you're saying, like, where's the money actually going? Who is that helping? And you, you know, again, I know I keep saying you brought up such a good point, but everything you're saying, it it is, it's all all such a good point. Not only where's the money going, because that's something everywhere, you know, you get asked in October, give money here, give money there. So really know who that money's benefiting to, you know, where you're giving that. But then also it's that recognition of like, this isn't just something that somebody has like, oh, and then their medical bills are paid and then they go about their life and forget this happened. You know, this is something that impacts your physical being in such a way that especially, you know, when you think about the body image issues that people already may have or the shame that women place on their bodies just without having any sort of illness. And then you add all of these bodily changes and you add these things that are completely out of your control. Like there is so much physicality that you have to deal with. And then the mental aspect of looking at your physical body, it, it is trauma. There is no other way to describe it. And so I mean, there's, there's so much that I, I just, uh, it, like, I, I wish we had seven years to talk, but yeah. like even the hormonal changes, you know, like a lot of these women go through, uh, have their ovaries removed because they're young getting diagnosed with breast cancer. So then they're going through menopause mm-hmm. at 20 years old. You know, I went, I had to do that and I'm menopause. I've been in menopause for three solid years now, you know? So it's all those changes too, that like contribute to depression and contribute to everything, you know, absolutely. it's just a complete life alteration. Well, absolutely. And then not only that is then there is always, you know, even if you're not trying to ever compare your life to uh, anyone else, there is the recognition that there are stages or things that you are going through at a different time, or if it impacts fertility, you know, which, it, you know, all of those things. So then you see other people having families, or you see people with their kids, or you see different things. It's like those um, reminders or the awareness of how your life has been altered are constantly present, not just in October, <laughs> you know, they, yes. they are there. And I think again, getting, um, helping other people realize that, how multifaceted it is, not just for the individual, but then as they're navigating, working through that with their relational partners, you know, their family members, their friends, and all all that you have to do to basically explain yourself to other people um, to make your existence accepted. Yeah, it's, and it's so true, you know, and, and everybody has to like, kind of figure out who you are again in your life. You know, I told my husband, I finally told him one day, I was like, you have to grieve who I was. That is not me anymore. You know, you've got to grieve. Yeah. 
the person I was. I was a person who went out and drank a lot and partied and loved being, you know, in those in social settings like that and loved going to football games and drinking my face off and having a blast and floating down the river and all those things. And I'm just not, I, to me, I know it's not good for me. You know, it's not that I don't want to, I would love to, but I know it's not good for me. And so, you know, he had to grieve that person who I was and, and kind of everybody else did. And you either love me now or you don't, you know, and, and I'm kind of like, I, I'm not, I'm happy with who I am. I'm confident with who I am. And, um, if you don't love me for who I am, then we don't have to be in each other's lives. You know, I have, I will have a respect for you, but we don't have to be in each other's lives. And um, it's just, you know, family and is the most important thing to me. And friends are, are, I cherish my friendships. They mean the world to me, you know? So I have lost friends through this, not because I've changed, but because I don't think that they know what to say or they know how to be. And and I don't, I've told my closest friends, you know, I don't want you to change how you talk to me. Mm-hmm. I still want to be a friend to you and your, your problems and your stresses are no less important than what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Just because mine seems so big doesn't mean that what you're going through is less important. I still want to be there for you. It makes me feel normal to be able yeah. to be there for you as a friend in the way that I, you know, I am used to being, you know, and I want to be there for you. So I always say trauma is trauma or, you know, everybody's level of what they're able to deal with in life and cope with in life is, is so different and it doesn't make it any worse or any less than, than anybody else, including me, you know? No, that's such important um, advice just to remember too, is that everybody, again, that's what we've talked about. And you and I have talked about this a lot about how, you know, even you and I, our experiences are much different, but the ways that we've come together, the ways that we've changed in our personalities or other people have viewed us are very similar. And it's that the ways that, like you said, people having to grieve who you were, that's exactly what people need to do is allow themselves to feel the loss of whatever pieces of you that they maybe are missing or that they enjoyed or what have you but then also who is able to accept you and love you for who you are now, because this is who you are. Right. And all of those other things were just activities that you did, but you're still who you are and really finding those spaces that allow you to do that and be that way without explanation or what, without feeling that you have to give somebody some backstory to it and you can just show up and be. And I really honestly love the relationships that I have come to bring into my life in the last eight years. Like Mm -hmm. the women that I have in my life now are so genuine, you know, you being one of them, like it just is, it's, there's no drama. Like it's just so, it just feels so good to have such good people, genuinely good people in my life. And I feel so lucky and so fortunate to be surrounded by such empowering, strong, inspirational women who all have a different story and who all just like, I mean, the energy in a room full of women like that is something freaking special. It is crazy and I love it. And it just, that in itself brings me joy. You want to talk about something that brings me joy, that brings me joy. Yeah, it's no, it's so good. And it's, and I think too, it's even better because it's coming from, again, all these people who then have had to work for it. You know, it's like, we've had to work to get to a place where you recognize and understand what your life means to you, who you want in it, and that you're also willing to show up for those people. And then they're going to show up for you. Right. And that's just such a beautiful experience. And I think that, you know, the thing is, is that everybody can have that. Okay. You know, every, again, you just described something you said, you know, everybody is terminal. So if everybody could recognize that everybody can have this existence, these relationships that you're speaking of, everybody can have this authenticity within themselves that they recognize, but it's going back to really doing the work and acknowledging it and being able to be honest with yourself and have that awareness of whatever your life is presenting it to you. Right. And, and, you know, I think as terrible as it might sound to some people of having a breast cancer diagnosis like this. You know, I never, A, a I never want people to feel bad for me. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't want that. I don't want the guilt, but B, like I get to live my life how I choose. Yeah. We all get to live our lives how we choose. But I, I, 
I get to live my life and I get to say, and everybody gets to do this, you know, like that's the thing that I, I wish everybody could learn is you get to do this too. You just have to make the choice to do it. But I get to leave anything that I want to leave on this earth. I get to leave that. I get to say what I want to say. You know, I can, I can do all those things and so can everybody else. Mm -hmm. But having this diagnosis has really taught me that and has really pushed me to say all the things that I wanted want to say and to not leave things un, unsaid, you know, and, and that to me is just really priceless and, and to do all the things that I want to do, like all these bucket list trips that I've taken and the jumping out of the plane, whatever, like I could have kept putting that off, you know, I, yeah. I could have kept postponing it. And I didn't because I knew that God forbid, if, if this life is taken away from me tomorrow and I never skydive, then I'm going to be laying on that damn bed and I'm going to be like, <laughs> I never skydived, you know, and, and I don't want it to be like that. I want to do everything that I want to do. And I have an endless bucket list because it gives me something to wake up for. I, my advice, if I, if I have to give advice to, you know, a woman who's going through breast cancer or anybody for that matter is but specifically something traumatic in life or a terminal diagnosis or whatever is don't stop making plans mm. because those plans help you to continue to have something to look forward to, yeah. you know? And I think that, I think that's what really kind of helps me get up is having these bucket list things that I work, that, that I plan for and knowing that I, I have this thing three months away that I need to get there, you know, and, yeah. and I'm going to be healthy and I'm going to get there and, and it just, it kind of tricks my mind to say, I want to feel great when I get there because I want to be able to enjoy it to its fullest. And if I'm not feeling great when I get there, then I just adjust my sales as needed. But um, that, that would be my biggest piece of advice is never stop making plans. That's great. Just because then there's the hopefulness and the plannings too. And then the excitement of the planning too, you know, that you can yeah. find yourself something to distract with, with making the plans or, or having, again, just that energy, that idea behind it too. Okay. So I'm obviously really grateful that you took this time with me today. We could sit here and talk forever because I just have so many things I want to ask you, but where can people find out more? Um, you know, I'll link everything for people to find you on Instagram and on the website and everything, but what can you tell us? Where can we find you in October? How can we best support PWA and you? So the majority of our information you'll find on our website, www.pinkwarrioradvocates.org. And then of course the Facebook and the Instagram link in October, obviously we have a thousand things going on. Um, <clears throat> but if you are in the New Braunfels area, look for the pink flamingos because we will be setting the flock out to help raise money for breast cancer. If you want to flock somebody and put some pink flamingos in their yard, let us know. We'll try to get the flock out to them. Um, but this is just a cool and unique way for us to raise money for the organization. All of our money goes back to these women to help them with their um, diagnosis and during their diagnosis. So that um, Bras for Causes on October 14th, it is sold out, but our live or our silent auction will be live across anybody to bid on anything. So they'll have the opportunity to get involved in that way. Uh, we, we're going to do a warrior luminary on the first, but mother nature says otherwise so we're going to postpone that so just keep following our facebook page to figure out when we're going to do that but that's really just an opportunity for the local community to come out and honor a breast cancer survivor maybe somebody that they've lost to any type of cancer and just have a little lit um luminary lit up for them in their honor in their memory um gosh there's so many things we're going to be a coyote ugly on uh sunday october 3rd it may be passed after this um, gets posted, but, um, we also are, like I said, going to be doing the, uh, flocking all month long. So definitely get involved with that. And I can't think of everything that we have going on. Cause there literally is so much, so much. But all of the events are going to be posted on our Facebook page. Um, we have our gala that's going to be coming up next year. It's going to be May 14th of next year, but we are going to start selling um the uh sponsorships for that soon and that's really just an amazing event um to share stories and and all that good stuff and to help us raise money it's our largest fundraising event of the year um so we'd love to have anybody come and share and just meet some of our warriors 
Um, but again, just to stay up to date on everything we have going on. And if you ever know somebody who needs our assistance, if they visit that website, um, they just have to go to that services tab and, and it'll drop down. And so however we can give back or help to them, um, we'd love to help get them through their diagnosis as best we can. And you do such a good job of that. And I just want to encourage everybody, you know, if you don't happen to be in the New Braunfels area, you know, go ahead, take a look at that website. Or if you're wondering, you know, okay, I do want to help people, but I don't know where to put my money in October or whatever month it happens to be. You know, this is an organization where you know where the money's going and you can see the very real people that it helps. It's not just going out somewhere randomly or to the cloud, whatever that is. Okay. <laughs> kind of why we've chosen to stay a smaller organization because we really want to know who we're helping we really want to know their stories and and take them in and our kits our mastectomy kits and our mastectomy bras that we do through ana ono intimates like those are all national so we do send those out nationally we're not just a local organization maybe our funds stay local but all of those things which you know take a, a lot of our funds as well those go out nationally so if you're listening to this and you are not in the New Braunfels or surrounding area and you have somebody who you want to send a kit to that's diagnosed with breast cancer, feel free to apply for a kit for them and we'll send it out to them. So lots of ways to get involved, lots of ways to help. We're always looking for volunteers. Um, we're always looking to share stories. So if you have somebody you want to share a story with us, we'd love to share their story on our page. Um, everybody has something insp inspiring to share. So um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Jen. I really appreciate your time. And I'm so grateful for any moment that I get to see your face and just to hear your voice because you truly are, um, you embody so many things about being whole for me. And I'm really grateful that people were able to hear some of the ways that you are living your authentic life in a, in a way that's true to you. And again, thank you for your time today and your energy. I'm so appreciative to have you in my life and to have you as a guest on this show. Thank you so much for having me and back right back at you. Your book is amazing and has, has helped me so much. So um, I appreciate all your, you know, sharing your story and being vulnerable yourself. So um, I hope this reaches somebody who, who might need us. And I appreciate so much of you asking me to be on this with you. It's an honor. Awesome. Well, we will talk very soon. Thanks again. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Here are some of my takeaways from this episode with Jen. Breast cancer is not just found in older women. Younger women, even in their 20s, are being diagnosed. Sisterhood pays off in many ways, and it really is a beautiful thing to support others and feel supported when you need it most. When you come from a place of service and passion, it can be the lifeline that helps you feel motivated to wake up every single day. Keeping an optimistic mindset is allowing yourself to go down that dark hole and feel those feelings but also giving yourself the privilege of looking at the positives of how your life has changed since your diagnosis. Doing the energetic work of becoming really self-aware of how you're responding to things and maintaining a positive mindset is not easy, but it pays off for you each and every day that you are able to step back and not let the little things ruin your day. We are all terminal. No one is going to get out of this alive. Let's not leave things left unsaid or leave things left undone. Choosing how we spend each moment and where we share our energy can make life so much more enjoyable. You can find more info at www.pinkwarrioradvocates.org. And if you're in the New Braunfels area, watch for the pink flamingos in the area to raise money. Flocking somebody's yard is a great way to honor somebody who is a warrior or survivor. Feel free to reach out to the pink flamingo flocking as it will be happening throughout the entire month of October. Bras for a Cause is on the 14th and the live auction will be online for everyone, even those who are not in the area. And follow the Facebook page to learn more about upcoming event events that you can get involved in for Pink Warrior Advocates. And if you want to send a kit to somebody who was recently diagnosed with breast cancer, apply to send them a kit via the website. This is available nationwide. Again, that's www.pinkwarrioradvocates.org.